0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion
1: with
2: Corey Caesar.
1: Don't you give me no dirty looks, your father's hip; he knows what cooks. Just tell your hood to outside, you ain't got time to take a ride. Yakety-yak,
3: don't talk back.
1: Yakety-yak, yakety-yak.
2: Thing night, testicles one
0: two, testicles one two. What's going on, all you beautiful bastards, and all you beautiful people that have a father in your life? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. I'm your host, that mildly introverted Corey Caesar. This is episode 42 and part two, and the conclusion of Monday's episode. Um, if you're listening to this, you should already know what this episode is all about. Um, if you don't know, hit pause, go back to episode 41, uh, and listen to that first. Um, I explained it all there uh, in that intro. So I don't want to. Uh, I still want to prolong this. This is obviously uh, uh, coming out on a, on a different time than you're used to, which is uh, Thursday at two a.m. This is a continuation. Um, so let's just let's just jump right back in. Let um, me get it back up. Cue it up. We are talking. This is the Democratic debates, right where we left off. Here we go.
4: Thank you. You bring up eliminating the filibuster, which means you would need simply a, a simple majority in a Republican yes. Senate to get something done. I want to turn to Senator Sanders on this, because you've said before of this, if Donald Trump supports ending the filibuster, which he's talked about himself, you should be nervous. Would you support ending the filibuster?
5: No, but what I would support, absolutely, is passing major legislation, the gun legislation the people here are talking about. Medicare for all, climate change legislation. So all the stuff you want, you're planet. okay with no
0: filibuster. I will uh, no not filibuster. wait for
5: 60 votes to make that happen. Sing. And you could do it in a variety of ways. You could do that through budget reconciliation law. You have a... V-
0: listen, 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 this is a communist, guys. This is, this is what he's saying. No, I absolutely do not want to give up the filibuster because I don't want shit that I don't like to be passed. So I want a filibuster. But on stuff that I want, universal health care, climate change, whatever, then absolutely I'm not going to wait for for 60 votes, you know, the way it's set up to work. Like, think about that, guys. You, you don't. That's not authoritarian. Basically, I'm saying everything I want gets just pushed through and everything you want has to be actually fought for. And, like, fought hard, because, I mean, obviously nothing gets done in Congress. Think about it. So, and
1: there you go.
5: president, who will, in fact, tell the Senate what is appropriate and what well, is so you're, not. What is you're going, going to tell the Senate what to do, what is then? Not. Okay. I want to get back you're going to, to tell the Senate what to do. Made.
0: Got it, guy. And
5: that, in fact, in terms of gun issues, picking up on Corey and Beto and everybody else, what I mean, we are me, looking guy. at is a corrupt political system. Yeah, and you're in it. And that means whether it is the drug companies and you want to make that, that system bigger companies or the fossil fuel industry determining what's Hold ha-
0: hold on. Hold on. Does, does, does anybody not see the irony here cuz this is the irony I always point out and, and for some reason it's just missed by the the masses of, of majorities. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders is saying uh, that we have this corrupt government this corrupt system—it's—it's—it's—it's. It's, 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 this is why all our problems are. My answer: give us more power, make us stronger. That's—that's going to correct it. Does that sound logical to you guys? You have this big, massive corrupt system. The only reasonable and responsible conclusion is to make that entity, that mafia, bigger, stronger, more control. Sounds like a beautiful, wonderful idea. Yes, let's do that. Onward.
5: In Washington, or in this case, you got an NRA, which has intimidated the President of the United States and the Republican leadership. I am proud. I am proud that year after year, I had an F rating from the NRA. And as president, I will not be intimidated. I want you to get, I get rid
0: of
6: all lobbying. Let's get rid of all nurse. of it. Thank
3: you. Uh, okay. May I respond? There's. Can I?
6: very much. We've been hearing a lot about what's been happening here in, in Texas. Only a few weeks ago, the deadliest massacre of Latinos, Latinos, in modern U.S. history happened in this state, in El Paso. So the fear among Latinos, and you know this, is very real. So let me start with an issue that is causing a lot of division in this country, immigration. Um, vice President Biden, as a presidential candidate, in 2008, you supported the border wall saying, unlike most Democrats, I voted for 700 miles of fence. This is what you said.
0: Almost all Then you served as Democrats vice did. president
6: in an administration that deported 3 million people, the most ever in US history. Did you do anything? To prevent those deportations i mean you've been asked this question before and refuse to answer so let me try once again yeah, are, are, are you prepared out. to say tonight
0: we're not going to fight that other, you guys. and
6: president obama made a mistake about deportations why should latinos
7: trust you like
0: you should be called what well, Latinos like should
7: it. look at is comparing this president to the president we have is outrageous number one we didn't lock people up in cages. We didn't separate you did. families. You did. We didn't do all of those things. You absolutely number did. One. Number one. You 100% two, did. Number two. It by actually the time all started the under you. It absolutely did. That's just a program. Lie. No one had ever done that before. Yes, they this have. This the president it's sent sent legislation to the desk saying he wants to find a pathway for the 11 million undocumented in the United States now, okay. of America. I'm cool with that, too. This is the president who's done a great deal. So I'm proud to have served with him. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would in fact make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's yep, who we are. They do. We're a nation that says yep. if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. I would change the order that the president just changed saying-
0: Okay, hold on, let me just stop real quick. So you guys know my position here. Um, Cause I don't think I've ever discussed this on the show really. Uh, uh, as a libertarian, uh, I believe in private property, property rights. I believe if you're invited, you can come. Uh, open border, uh, aka, if uh, my name's Corey and uh, uh, my friend uh, Armando is in Mexico and he wants to come, I can say, Armando, hey, come, come chill, and, and he can come in. Now he has the right at that point to engage in everything you get to engage in, and that is uh, voluntary, voluntary exchange of goods and services. Um, voluntary contracts, voluntary, uh, housing buys and voluntary society, right? Which is what we do every day, voluntary interaction. Um, and he has the right to, to then be a productive member of society. And as long as he's not stepping on anyone else's liberties or freedoms, more than welcome to stay. Uh, uh the invitation has now been extended by the by the by the by the rest by anyone else you're doing interactions with if that makes sense. So you're you're constantly gaining that acceptance if that makes sense, right? Now, the issue I have with open borders with the current system we have is you can't offer a welfare state, which is what they're all offering and open borders. Okay? You can't invite 7 billion people which which if on, and I'm going to be a very conservative on this estimate, 6 billion of those 7 billion. So the mass majority live in worse conditions economically and free than you do. So you're going to invite them all over on the expense of you, not, not invited because we think it's right. Yes, it's right. It's right to let people voluntarily move right to, to, to move. Um, but you can't just offer them a bunch of free shit. It's just the system can't support it. Um, so, so that, so that's my philosophy on uh, on
5: borders.
7: Women who were being beaten and abused could no longer claim that as a reason for asylum. And by the way, retrospectively, you know, the 25th anniversary of the Violence Against Women Act is up. The Republican Congress has not reauthorized it. Let's put pressure on them to pass the Violence Against Women Act now. But then <laughs> yeah, we we'll go back. Yeah, but you
6: didn't answer the question. The, well, uh, yeah, I did did the question. Did you make a mi- no, Did you make a mistake with those deportations?
7: The president did the best thing that was able to be done at the time. How about prime. you? I'm the Vice President of the United States. Uh, Secretary Castro, uh,
6: would you want to respond to Vice President Biden? And and let me put this in context, because uh, your party controlled the White House and Congress in 2009. Sure did. And didn't pass immigration reform. And this broke a promise made by President Barack Obama to Latinos. So why should voters trust Democrats now? I mean, now it is even more difficult, as you know.
0: Dude, I like this guy already calling him out. You hear that, guys? They controlled everything. Did they pass immigration? No, they did not. But now it's their number one issue. Why do you think that is? Because they believe that that's gonna that, that Let's be honest about it. Why do you think the Democrat Party has switched so far from pandering to the um to the for the, for the from the black vote to the Latino vote? That's because um, African American population has stayed stagnant in this country. It has not grown. Um, it has stayed very. It has stayed very consistent at like that thirteen and a half percent. While in contrast, the Latino population has exploded. It has gone the other way. It's going up in percentage. And it's going to be the majority of this country in a very short time. It's just the facts. and There's nothing wrong with that. So what they're doing, they have switched agenda. They have switched narrative. They all were for border control. They were for all stopping uh, illegal immigration because they knew the system could not support it. Uh, uh they wanted it to be the right way like let's have we want immigration we want people to come to our country we want people to produce and be uh beneficial to our society but we have to do it the proper way right we can't just you have to be cognizant of what the reality is of what your country can support at any given moment you know and you can grow that but it, ha- it you can't just do it all at once it has to be incremental it's just the it's reality of life guys it's not utopia this is real life. um so, so they're they're complete, they had all this power, they had all this ability to do all these things that they said, you know, that makes the America so hateful and so crazy and so racist. They could have done something about it. They did nothing. And now, now they need you to put them back in power so they can do it now. Do you believe them?
6: As you need Republican votes in the Senate. So are you willing, for instance, to give up DACA? or give up a path to citizenship, or even agree to build a wall in order to legalize 10.5 million undocumented immigrants? Jorge, thank you very much for that question. And uh, you look, I agree that
8: Barack Obama was very different from Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a dark heart when it comes to immigrants. He built his whole political career so far on scapegoating and fear-mongering and otherizing so migrants. You. And that's very different for Barack Obama. Um, But my problem with Vice President Biden, and Corey pointed this out last time, is every time something good about Barack Obama comes up, he says, Oh, I was there, I was there, I was there. That's me, too. And then every time somebody questions part of the administration that we were both part of, he says, Well, that was the president. I mean, he wants to take credit for Obama's work, but not have to answer to any questions.
6: I mean... Vice President Biden, you I have a... do didn't uh, get that. You, you didn't people. answer the let question either, You, say what said. What you asked it, the question Let me just say
8: that I would... I was the first candidate in early April to put forward an immigration plan. You know why? Because I'm not afraid of Donald Trump on this issue. I'm not going to backpedal. I'm not going to pretend like I, like I don't have a, my own vision for immigration. So... We're not going to give up DACA. We're not going to give up protections for anybody. I believe that on January 20th, 2021, we're going to have a Democratic president. We're going to throw out Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn and have a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House, and we're going to pass immigration reform within the first 100 days. Vice President,
7: 45 seconds. I did not say I don't stand. I stand with Barack Obama all eight years, good, bad, and indifferent. That's where I stand. I did not say I did not stand with him. Okay, Senator Warren, uh, hundreds of children have been separated from their parents
6: at the border. And recently, in Mississippi, we saw the largest immigration rate in a decade. You want to replace ICE, the agency in charge of rounding up undocumented immigrants. So how would you deal with the millions of immigrants who arrive legally but overstay their visas? And how would you stop hundreds of thousands of Central Americans who want to migrate to the US?
9: I start with a statement of principles, and that is, in this country, immigration does not make us weaker, immigration makes us stronger.
0: Yeah, it on you did not, did I not want to on everything for free. It does not.
9: Legal makes us expand legal immigration and create a pathway to citizenship for our dreamers, but also for their grandparents and for their cousins, for people who overstayed student visas and for people who came here to work in the fields. I want to have a system that is a path to to citizenship that is fair and achievable. Down at the border, we've got to rework this entirely. A system right now that cannot tell the difference in the threat posed by a terrorist, a criminal, and a 12-year-old girl is not a system that is keeping us safer, and it is not serving our values.
0: I mean, that's that's a valid. That's valid.
9: We need... I want to add one more part on this, because I think we have to look at all the pieces. Why do we have a crisis at the border? In no small part, because we have withdrawn help from people in Central America who are suffering. We need to restore that help. We need to help establish and re-establish the rule of law so that people don't feel like they have to flee for their lives. We have a crisis that Donald Trump has created oh and hopes to profit from it. politically. You just got to we talk about right. to the,
0: the problem with Obama and, and it's like all of a sudden yeah. Donald Trump created It is true that in the hold last few years we have... Literally, this whole conversation has been about Barack Obama deporting way more people, all this bullshit bad policy and all of a sudden it's Donald Trump's fault can we just be original can we just can we just stop okay what are you gonna do about it what he he's asking you what you're doing you didn't say nothing like this is what our problem is blah 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 okay what what are you doing what are you gonna do like what's your plan
6: of severe anti-immigrant measures from putting kids in cages to limiting asylum for people fleeing gangs and domestic violence but it is also true that about one million immigrants enter the u.s legally every year so are you willing to raise the number of legal immigrants I'm okay from that. one million to two million per yep, year all day. and should there be a merit system as president trump wants
9: so, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Sure. Did you ask me? Or? No, me? Dang, bro. Oh, I said it. Okay. Sorry. Hey, pay my,
10: attention. my father grew up on a peanut farm in Asia with no floor. Oh and now his son is running for president. Yep.
0: That American, that the that's the American the dream, bro. That and that's, exactly the, that's the American dream, people.
10: If you it's look possible. at our history, almost half of Fortune 500 companies were founded by their immigrants or children Absolutely. of immigrants. It's possible, man. And rates of not business effective. formation are much higher in immigrant communities. We have to say to the American people immigrants are positive for our economic and social dynamism. They are. And I would return the level of legal immigration to the to the point it was under the Obama Biden administration. I think we have to compete for talent and I am the opposite of Donald Trump in many ways. He says build a wall. I'm going to say to immigrants come to America because if you come here your son or daughter can run for president. The water is great and this is where you want to build a company, build a family yep. and build a life. This positivity. country has been a magnet for human capital for generations. generations if we lose folks. that, we lose something Everything. integral to our continued success. And that is where I would lead as president. Alcalde that you was a, a fucking president money
0: president. answer, guys. Pay attention to Andrew Pit, Yang.
6: Of in Texas Yang gang. Not shooting targeting them. This is according to a new Univision poll. President Trump has called Mexican immigrants well, he's, rapists,
0: he's, he's done and killers. Other part, though, tried beginning.
6: to ban Muslims from entering the country and separated children from their parents. His supporters have chanted, build the wall, and send her back. Do you think that people who support President Trump and his immigration policies are racist?
11: Anyone who supports this
6: is supporting
11: racism. Este es racismo y es Someone sencillo. Right.
0: Some people might not support it The only people who
11: actually buy into this president's hateful rhetoric around immigrants are people who don't know any. We have an opportunity to build an American majority around immigration reform. In my community, a group of conservative Republicans rallied
4: around. Hold on, Hold on. he said it.
0: Hold on, he slipped up. He said we can build an American majority around immigrants. Did you just hear that? Did I not just say that fucking five ten minutes ago? That that was their whole plan. That was their whole shift. That was their whole redirection. Just like we did the redirection from fucking uh, um, Iraq into fucking Syria. The redirect. He literally just said it. He fucking let the cat out the bag. We can build American society majority out of immigrants. Come here. You can run this country. There you have it. And we'll be in charge, though. We'll stay in charge. Though. We'll give you everything you need. Don't worry.
11: Individual, A beloved local wow. individual who was deported when he went into ICE to try to get his paperwork sorted out because they never thought it would happen to him. In some of the most conservative rural areas of Iowa, I have seen communities that embraced immigration grow. And it's why part of my plan for revitalizing the economies of rural America includes community renewal visas that would allow cities and towns and counties that are hurting not only for jobs but for population to embrace immigration as we have in my city. You know, the only reason that South Bend is growing right now, after years of shrinking, is immigration. It's one of the reasons we acted, not waiting for Washington, to create city-issued municipal IDs so that people, regardless of immigration status, in our city had the opportunity to have the benefits of identification. We have an opportunity to actually get something done, but we cannot allow this to continue to be the same debate the same arguments and the same clever lines, often among the same people since the last real reform happened in the 1980s. We have to actually engage the American majority around the opportunities for not just growth and small communities, but our values. Values Thank of you. welcome, values of faith, that all argue for us to manage this humanely and in a way that marries our
6: values with our laws. Congressista Beto una pregunta para usted. In an interview, eight months ago, you were asked what to do with the so-called overstayers, people who come with a visa and then stay. And you said, I don't know. Uh, Do you have an answer now? I do, and and if you read the
12: rest of that article in the Washington Post, I talked about harmonizing our entry-exit system with Mexico in the same way that we do with Canada. I think that could help us to keep a handle on visa overstays, but I think the larger question that we're trying to get at is how do we rewrite this country's immigration laws in our own image, in the image of Houston, Texas, the most diverse city in the United States of America, in the image of El Paso, Texas, one of the safest cities in the United States of America, safe not despite the fact that we are a city of immigrants, safe because we are a city of immigrants. I will those facts, but I don't I will lead an effort to make sure that we rewrite our immigration laws in that way. Never cage another child. Make sure that there is accountability and justice for the seven lives lost under our care and our custody. But also face the fact that Democrats and Republicans alike voted to build a wall that has produced thousands of deaths of people trying to cross, to join family or to work a job. That we have been part of deporting people, hundreds of thousands just in the Obama administration alone who posed no threat to this country breaking up their families. Democrats have to get off the back foot, we have to lead on this issue because we know it is right, legalize America, begin with those more than one million dreamers, make them U.S. citizens right now in their, this, their true home country, and extend that to their parents, their sisters, and their brothers, and ensure that we have a legal, safe, orderly system to come to this country and add to our greatness here. Turn now to national
13: security right. and the foreign but policy how, that, you that you has such a direct impact here power, at home. Uh,
0: but how are you gonna stop the illegal? okay, we get it. I'm for, we're all for legal immigration. Another muddying in the water situation here. There's a difference. And that's what the dude kept asking you about. And none of them answered it. Uh, and like I said before, open border. I'm fine with it. It's actually my stance. But we also, I'm obviously anti-state. So I'm anti-welfare state. Uh, so you just can't give them a bunch of shit. Now, when I say anti-welfare state, just just for anyone new listener, that doesn't mean we don't help people out. Just uh, and, and we'll, 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 You can go back and probably hear me talk about that uh, in other episodes. Check the log.
13: The U.S. relationship with China, trade, and President Trump's tariffs. We received more than 100 questions from viewers wanting to know how all of you are going to handle these tariffs. And Mr. Yang, uh, let me begin with you. Would you repeal the tariffs on your first day in office? And if so would you risk losing leverage in our trade relationship with China?
10: I would not repeal the tariffs on day one, but I would let the Chinese know that we need to hammer out a deal because right now the tariffs are pummeling producers and farmers in Iowa who have absolutely nothing to do with the imbalances that we have with China. A CEO friend of mine was in China recently, and he said that he saw pirated U.S. intellectual property on worker workstations to the tune of thousands of dollars per head. And he said, one, how can my workers compete against that? And two, think about all the lost revenue to American companies. So the imbalances are real, but we have to let the Chinese know that we recognize that President Trump has pursued an arbitrary and haphazard trade policy that has had victims on both sides. So no to repealing the tariffs immediately, but yes, to making sure we come to a deal that addresses How? the, the How concerns of American companies and
13: American producers. Mayor Pete, let me take that question. I don't
0: question. Like tariffs either. Free trade.
13: Let, let me take that question to you because if you've seen President Not Trump's free, tweets. He says what's going to happen here is the Chinese are just going to wait.
0: The reality is we've got to end the subsidies. So we, we subsidize this, this shit and then it's tariffed. So that's the real problem. So we just end the subsidies and then, and then you don't have to worry about the trade. Then you just voluntarily trade for whatever the fucking cost of the, of the, the ship does, man. I mean, it's fucking simple, bro. I'm
13: ...out so they can get a Democrat who they can take uh, ad- advantage of. How do you think about China? We've seen President Trump call President Xi both an enemy and a friend.
11: Well, the president clearly has no strategy. You know, when I first got into this race, I remember President Trump scoffed and said he'd like to see me making a deal with Xi Jinping. I'd like to see him making a deal with Xi Jinping. It, it, is it just me, or was that supposed to happen in, like, April? It's one more example of a commitment not made. I mean, when that force happens on the international to, uh, stage, agree with people take want, note. Yeah. Not just our competitors, our adversaries, but all—
0: See, that's the problem with the Democrats, guys, real quick. They just believe that they can just come in, and whatever they say has to be taken as as factual law. And it's like, he's basically like saying, well, I mean, like you told us you're going to have a deal done, and there's no deal done. It's like, yeah, but there's another party involved, dude. There's this, this dude across, across the, the pond, you know, way across that ocean— uh, in China, and, and he kind of wants a deal that's gonna obviously benefit his country. So, Wacy, what what uh, saying is, I'm just gonna come in and I'll force him. Well, how, bro? Like, what makes you think you could just make him make a deal? I mean, unless you're gonna give him whatever the fuck he wants. Or the other opportunity is a war that the left seems to love all of a sudden.
11: Oh, our allies, take note of the inability of the United States to keep its word or follow through on its plans. And when that happens, there are serious consequences. We saw it at the G7, the leaders of some of the greatest powers and economies of the world, sitting to talk about one of the greatest challenges in the world, climate change, and there was literally an empty chair where American leadership could have been. The problem is this is a moment when American leadership is needed more than ever, whether it's in Hong Kong, where those protesters for democracy need to know that they have a friend in the United States yeah, they're, they're, or anywhere they want, around the they world don't want where increasingly policy, we they're,
0: they're actually dictators throwing their weight. Hold on, man, that's fucking hilarious, way. dude. Hong Kong, man, they're fighting exactly for the opposite of what you want. They're basically putting the middle finger up to your ideas and saying, we want liberty, we want freedom, we've experienced it, we enjoy it. Get the fuck away from us. And you're like, oh, they want us to come They don't want nothing to do with you, bro. They want literally nothing to do with you. Sorry. The
11: world needs America, but it can't be just any America. Would you have the tariffs? I would have a strategy that would include the tariffs w- as leverage, it? but it's not about the tariffs. What's the strategy What's then? What's going no? on right now is a president who has reduced the entire China challenge into a question of, uh, of tariffs when what we know is that the tariffs are coming down on us more than anybody else, and there's a lack of a bigger strategy. Senator
13: Klobuchar, you've actually supported the tariffs on steel.
14: What we've got right now, though, George, it's not a focused tariff on steel. Uh, what he has done here, he has assessed these tariffs on our allies. He has put us in the middle of this trade war, and he is treating our farmers and our workers like poker chips in one of his bankrupt casinos. And if we are not careful, he is going to bankrupt this country. One fork-
0: Here's an idea. How would our farmers grow food for us? And we stop subsidizing them. We have like local, more small local growers who will grow good products that uh, the community wants to buy. And we stop these federally subsidized farms. And then they won't have to worry about uh, uh, shipping to fucking China. So you can make money. And you, and you can um, uh, tax us so you can pay this, this stupid amount to send shit to China. But it's just, ah, eh, it's free to bring it to us. Yeah.
14: Recently no. says that it has already cost us 300,000 jobs. All right. there is soybeans that are mounting up in bins all over the Midwest, in my state of Minnesota and in Iowa. So what I think we need to do is to go back to the negotiating table. That's what I would do. I wouldn't have put all these tariffs in place and I wouldn't have had a trade policy where on August 1st he announces he's going to have tariffs on $300 billion of goods. On August 13th he cuts it in half. A week later he says he's going to reduce taxes. The day after that he says he's going to do it. The leaders of the world are watching this, and it undermines our strength as a nation. And yes, we want fair trade, but we must work with the rest of the world. And he has made a mockery of focused trade policy, which I think means enforcement, like we've done in northern Minnesota, passing bills, getting President Obama to do more on that, so that our workers can benefit. So we are importing, exporting goods, and making sure uh, that is a competitive policy where our goal is that we are making is, things, is inventing things, to flourish and so we exporting can to the world. Shit here. He is defeating Why that goal.
0: Secretary Castro, you actually, in one of
13: the previous debates, identified China as the most serious national security threat to our country. I want to pick up on what Senator Klobuchar was saying, though. She said she'd go back to the negotiating table. The question is, what do you do for leverage? Where do you get it?
8: Well, look, uh, I agree with those who have said that this erratic, haphazard trade war is hurting American families. Uh, it, as Senator Klobuchar said, 300,000 American jobs. It's estimated that it's cost $600 to the average American family. Just a couple of days ago, 60% of Americans said that they believe that we're in for a recession next year. So uh, when I become president, I would immediately
3: Make sure begin to negotiate recession. with China to okay, ratchet
8: guy. down that trade war. We that, have that, leverage that. there.
1: Calm I also down, believe, guy. though,
8: that. We need to return to a leader when it comes to things like human rights. We have uh, millions of Uyghurs, for instance, in China that right now are being imprisoned and mistreated. And in North Korea, this president is elevating a dictator. We need to stop that. How? what? We need to return to Hold ensuring on. that America leads.
0: With what, guy? How do you stop that? How do you stop that? There's only one way to stop that, and that's war. Again. The anti-left war, the anti-war left, once again telling the not—they're not only telling America now how they have to behave. We're going to tell the rest of the world how to behave. I thought we didn't want to be the police of the world. I thought that was—they used to be the message, man. We need to stop. Like, how how do we get so far away from that message? That we need to stop being the police of the world. I mean, this is it's just it's just insanity, dude.
8: On human rights, when it comes to this trade war, I would immediately begin ratcheting that trade war down. We have leverage in that discussion. Sure, Senator, sure why don't bring do. you in
13: on this this conversation? President Obama signed the Trans-Pacific Partnership. In part, it was designed to rein in China, to bring China in uh, to some kind of regulation. What do you think he got
9: wrong? So, our trade policy in America has been broken for decades, and
0: you've been in Congress and for it has decades. Been
9: broken because it works for giant multinational corporations and not yeah, so much of anyone that's, else. that's true. These are giant corporations that shoot if they can save a nickel by moving a job to no, a No, but you country, facilitate this through government do to the government heartbeat. facilitates and this. Yet, for decades now, who's been whispering in the ears of our trade negotiators? You, who has shaped our trade policy? You, it's been the giant corporations. No, you. It's been so you're, their lobbyists and their executives.
0: Okay, so you've been in Congress. So as uh so as Bernie for the last 30 years Uh, so is Joe Biden and it's been, it's been broke for decades and they got lobbyists in your ears. That's who, that's, who's controlling the trade. So you tell me you have a lobbyist in your ear controlling you. And is that not what you're admitting right now? And again, I'll go back to my other point. I don't know if it was on part one or on this point, uh, this part, uh, if, if this government's so corrupt, if, if everyone's only doing shit for these multi, uh, uh, these, these corporations which they are. That's that and that's the government. The government's doing it for them, like I've like I've been preaching forever. Uh uh, your your idea is let's expand it. Let's make it bigger. Let's make it more powerful. What logic is that? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know where you got your logic degree, but my logic degree says that's bullshit. And that don't that'll, that'll, that'll add up. That'll add up in my logic one plus one equals two. I oh, mean. This is insanity here. You you've been in Congress. You've had the lobbyist in your ear. Then you're like, they're admitting it and acting like you, you get, and you're saying this with a straight face.
9: The way we change our trade policy in America is, first, the procedures. Who sits at the table? I want to negotiate trade with unions at the table. I want to negotiate it with small farmers at the table. I want to negotiate it with environmentalists at okay, the table. Okay, let's stop subsidies
0: and start free trade, just like I just like I recommended.
9: The and, and, then the, and then then they're the all at the table. Leverage. If
0: I can just and you don't have to, to be there.
9: One. The leverage? Ooh. Are you kidding?
0: Everybody wants. You, you guys get that, right? She just basically laid out the right plan. We need to have these people at the table. They need to decide their own uh, uh, costs and how much it should be to ship and receive goods from other countries, definitely from factories that are working, uh, you know, American companies over there. But But what they're saying is, but we need to facilitate. We also, the government, we need to facilitate this also because we need a piece of the pie. It's like, why do you need a piece of the pie? The company could pay me more if you didn't fucking take the piece of the pie. And I'd have more in my pocket if you didn't take a piece of the fucking pie.
9: Access to the American market. That means that we have the capacity to say right here in America, you want to come sell goods to American consumers? Then you got to raise your standards. You've got to raise your labor standards and you've got to raise your environmental standards. So, our companies so can stop compete on a would level the tariff. I got it. Field. So, you
0: just cr- cut we it. You have a 100% use tariff. Trade got it. Not
9: to undermine American workers and not to undermine American farms irony, and man. not to undermine small businesses in this country. We can use trade. To help build a
3: stronger economy, Senator
13: Harris, how would your how would your trade policy differ from President Obama's? Elizabeth Warren.
3: Well, first of all, I I I have no criticism of that more than just looking at where we are now, which is that we've got a guy in the White House who has been erratic on trade policy. He conducts trade policy by tweet, frankly, born out of his fragile ego. It has resulted in farmers in Iowa with soybeans rotting in bins looking at bankruptcy. When we look at this issue, my trade policy under a Harris administration is always going to be about saying we need to export American products, not American jobs. And to do that, we have to have a meaningful trade policy. I am not a protectionist Democrat. Look, we need to sell our stuff. And that means we need to sell it to people overseas. That yeah, means we need it, trade policies that allow that to happen. You asked earlier about China. It's a complicated relationship. We have to hold China accountable. They steal our products, including our intellectual property. They dump substandard products into our economy. They need to be held accountable. We also need to partner with China on climate and the crisis that that presents. We need to partner with China on the issue of North Korea. I am on, and I think the only person on this stage, the Senate Intelligence Committee and the Senate Homeland Security Committee. We need a partner on the issue of North Korea. But the bottom line is this. Donald Trump... In office on trade policy, you know, he reminds me of that, that guy in The Wizard of Oz, you know, when you pull back the curtain, it's a really small dude. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that
0: was like horrible. I'm sorry. I'm
3: not
13: even gonna take the bait, Senator Harris, but I am gonna take this uh, to George Senator Sanders. <laughs> I take this to Senator Sanders oh, right now. There is because a
5: There is a reason why. In the last forty five mm-hmm. years, she
0: just talks shit about small dudes, no The average big deal, American bro. today, despite an explosion
5: that? of technology and worker productivity, stop making a penny more than he or she made forty five years ago. And one of the reasons is that for decades we have had disastrous trade policies. And I gotta say to my good friend Joe Biden, Joe and I strongly disagree on trade. I helped lead the opposition. NAFTA and PNTR, which cost this country over 4 million good-paying jobs. And what happened is people who had those jobs ended up getting other jobs, making 50% of what they made in manufacturing. So Trump obviously hasn't a clue. Trump thinks that trade policy is a tweet at 3 o'clock in the morning. What we have got to do is develop a trade policy that represents workers, represents the farmers in the Midwest and elsewhere. We're losing billions right now because of Trump's policy.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we get it. <clears throat> Government's been bad on, on trade for decades. Y'all, y'all admit it. So let's get government out of trade. Boom. Problem solved. Again, back to my point. Let's let the workers... Let's let the companies who who, who, are, who have these workers, let's let them decide their own trade, guys. Free trade. Let's just send all this bullshit. Then we're not subsidizing nobody. You're not paying no uh, American tax dollars for anything. And then, it, and then it all it all comes out of the American uh, corporations. And those companies you hate so much that you want to tax more. You don't have to tax them more. Make them pay for their own shit coming. And then they can they can they can they can uh, um, form collectives with each other, and then negotiate trades with other uh, corporations uh, overseas. I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? Look, they're all they're all basically giving you the answer. They're all right, but again, they want to be the middleman. and They want to facilitate it. They want to be the power. They don't want you to actually have that power. They want to be able to control that interaction. They don't want you to have that voluntary interaction. They want you to voluntarily interact with them so they can voluntarily interact with somebody else, and then they'll do whatever's best for them.
5: A trade policy which understands that if a company shuts down in America and goes abroad and then thinks they're going to get online to get a lucrative federal contract under Bernie Sanders, they got Vice, another guess
13: coming. Vice President Biden, he vote your name.
7: Yeah. Well, uh, look, uh, we're either going to make the policy or China's going to make the trade the rules of the road. We make up 25% of the world economy. We need another 25% to join us. And I think Senator Warren is correct. At the table has to be labor and power, has to guys. be environmentalists. all about power, guys. It's
0: all government the is. The fact of the matter the state is, state is, is China.
7: The problem isn't the trade deficit. The problem is they're stealing our intellectual property. The problem is they're violating the WTO. They're dumping steel on us. That's a different issue than whether or not they're dumping agricultural products on us. In addition to that, we're in a position where, if we don't set the rules, we, in fact, are going to find ourselves with China setting the rules. And that's why you need to organize the world to take on China to stop the corrupt practices that are underway. Senator Booker, close out this round.
2: Sure. There's one point we're really missing on this stage right now, which is the fact that Donald Trump's America First policy is actually an America isolated, an America alone policy. Exactly right. From trade to ch- battling China to... Uh, the climb global crisis of climate change, the challenges in the middle East, he is pulling us away from our allies out of the Iran deal, out of the Paris climate accords and on trade, he's deciding to take on China.
0: Hold on. Haven't y'all just got done talking about how you need to make everything better for the American people. And then you turn around and literally say, we're trying to be all we're talking about is America, making America better, uh, isol- We're only talking about how we're going to make us better. It's like, yeah. Isn't that the idea? It's our country isn't it the idea to make our our country better not not China better or India better or France better now now if we can bring them up along with us, that's obviously the goal, but shouldn't the first uh uh business be us? I mean, am I wrong? I don't know.
2: while at the same time taking on tariff battles with all of our allies. You literally have him using a national security waiver to put tariffs on Canada. Now, look, I'm the only person on the stage that finds Trudeau's hair very menacing, but they are not a national security threat. We cannot go up against China alone. This is a president that has a better relationship with dictators like Duterte and Putin than he does with Merkel and Macron. We are the strongest nation on the planet Earth, and our strength is multiplied and magnified when we stand with our allies in common cause and common purpose. That's how we beat China, that's how we beat climate change on the planet Earth, and that's how American values are the ones that lead on issues of trade and workers' rights. George, thank you.
4: I want to turn now to our troops overseas and to America's longest war in Afghanistan. Of course, Gabbert, talks the best with the on Taliban
0: the war are, are not dead, here. according so to bullshit.
4: Secret talks at Camp David have been canceled before they could happen. Many of you have waited on that already. So I want to move past that tonight to what mean. all of you have promised on the campaign trail. Many of you on this stage have said you'd bring the troops home in your first term. Others have said in your first year. Senator Warren, we all know the presidency is much different from the campaign trail. President Obama wanted to bring the troops home. President Trump promised to bring the troops home, None and you have it. said of Afghanistan, "Let's help them reach a peace settlement." It is time to bring our troops home. in your
0: not only that, but Obama started three more wars, and, and go back to uh, why so serious. You can you can hear about about that. I, I mentioned that, um, and and if we're going to be fair, if we're, now 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 listen, guys. I'm the more anti-war than anyone listening to this. I guarantee it. Uh, we can uh, uh, try Donald Trump right now for war crimes, for for uh, 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 bombing the bombings in Yemen with, with Saudi. War, is it, we get, right now and Syria, continuing that. We can go ahead and, and try him for war crimes. We can do the same thing with Obama. We can with George Bush right down the line. The one thing that Donald Trump has not done in my lifetime. There's, there's been, he's done something that no other president has done in my lifetime. And I was, he still has time to do it, and, and there's a, obviously that possibility. But he has not started any other, uh, uh, he has not started any intervention. He has not started any new conflict in an, in a different country in his first term. Think about that. I've been born since 1982. Every president has started some conflict in some country in their first term. Donald Trump's the only one who has not. So hate him all you want. He's better than you on that.
4: Birds starting right-
0: and to be fair, Bernie Sanders is pretty anti war. He's one of the only few candidates, I believe, up here that uh and maybe the only one um who who voted against the Iraq war. He was the only one correct at the time. So I get Bernie uh uh props from that. He is anti war. He he definitely is anti war. Um it's just not his main it's not his main issue, not his main so I, I don't want to knock him for that because hey, that's something we agree on so so me and bernie we we lock fist on that one
4: would you keep that promise to bring the troops home starting right now with no deal with the taliban
9: yes and i'll tell you why what we're doing right now um
0: because the taliban did not attack us on 9 11 guys al qaeda did sorry i don't know why you guys keep peddling this fucking, uh narrative
9: in afghanistan is not helping the safety and security of the United States. It is not helping the safety and security of the world. It is not helping the safety and security of Afghanistan. We need to bring our troops home. And then we need to make a big shift. We cannot ask our military to keep solving problems that cannot be solved militarily. We're not going to bomb our way to a solution in Afghanistan. We need to treat the problem of terrorism as a worldwide problem. And that means we need to be working with all of our allies, our European allies, our Canadian allies, our Asian allies, our allies in Africa and in South America. We need to work together. To root out terrorism. It means using all of our tools. It means economic investment. It means expanding our diplomatic.
0: Nah, see, now she talking about, she talking about being a fucking one world army. No, 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 Elizabeth Warren. You were on the right, man, you were so on the right track there. I was about ready to give you the fucking ding, ding, ding. I don't have a ding, 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 but I was going to give you one. You hit, you hitting the nail on the head until you, until you start transitioning into this. We're going to root out. We're going to, f- no, 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 no military rooting on nothing you're not going in anywhere else and rooting out anything you deal with it here Do with crime here
9: efforts instead of hollowing out the state department and deliberately making it so we have no eyes and ears in many of these countries we need a foreign policy That is about our security and about leading on our values.
4: Senator Warner, quick follow on that because top...
0: So how does bombing people in fucking Syria help you be safe in America? Think about it. Syria has no ability to attack the United States of America.
4: Leaders, military leaders on the ground in Afghanistan How scared me, are you? you can't do it without a deal with the Taliban. You just said you would. You, know, look, you would bring them home. What if they told you that? Would you listen to their advice?
9: I was in Afghanistan with John McCain two years ago. This past summer, I think it may have been Senator McCain's last vi- trip before he was sick. And I talked. I hope to he caught it we there. We did. We talked to military for the leaders, American responsible and for local leaders. We talked to people policy. on the ground and asked the question, the same one I ask on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Every time one of the generals comes through, show me what winning looks like. Tell me what it looks like. There you go. It
0: doesn't look like nothing. And what
9: you hear is a lot of... (laughs) Because no one can describe it. And the reason no one can describe it... Because there is no win. ...is because the problems in Afghanistan are not problems that can be solved by a military. I have three older brothers who all served in the military. I understand firsthand... ...the kind of commitment they have made. They will do anything we ask them to do. But we cannot ask them to solve problems that they alone cannot solve. We need to work with the rest of the world. We need to use our economic tools. We need to use our diplomatic tools. We need to build with our allies. And we need to make the whole world safer, not keep troops bombing in Afghanistan. Senator Warren, thank you. I do
4: want to stay on this, and I want to turn to Mayor Buttigieg, because you're the only veteran on this stage who served in Afghanistan. We heard in recent days from General Joseph Dunford, the chair of the Joint Chief Chiefs of Staff, who said in recent days, I'm not going to use the word withdrawal right now. It's our judgment the Afghans need support to deal with a level of violence. If he's not even using the word withdrawal, would you put your promise to bring troops home in the first year on hold to follow the advice?
11: You know, I served under General Dunford, way under General Dunford, in Afghanistan. (laughs) And today, September 12th, 2019, means that today you could be 18 years old, old enough to serve and have not been alive on 9-11. We have got to put an end to endless. Man, I've said
0: that on podcasts before, the bro. the way we do it it stole my line see dude. to it that... This joker stole my line, bro. You listen to, you listen to chromatic distortion? I've said that, bro. There's people, there's people that are fighting over there that weren't even born, bro. They have no idea what they're even fighting for.
11: That country will never again be used for an attack against our homeland, and that does not require an open-ended commitment of ground troops. Let me say something else, because if there's one thing we've learned about Afghanistan from Afghanistan, it's that the best way not to be caught up in endless war is to avoid starting one in the first place. And so, when I am president, an authorization for the use of military force will have a built-in three-year sunset. Congress will be required to vote, and a president will require, be required to go to Congress.
0: Oh, you mean like, it, to like, seek an like the law says already? Because
11: if our troops can summon the courage to go overseas, the least our members of Congress should be able to do Absolutely. is summon the courage to take a vote on Absolutely. whether they
0: ought to be there. I'm, I'm all right By the way, we also have a president right 100%. now
11: who seems to treat troops as props, or worse, tools oh for God. his own enrichment. We
1: We've saw already what's going that. on with That's
11: flights apparently being routed through Scotland just so people can stay at his hotels. I'll tell you, as a military officer, the very first thing that goes through your mind, the first time you ever make eye contact with somebody that you are responsible for in uniform is do not let these men and women down. This president
4: is doing exactly that. I will not. Mayor Buttigieg, thank you. I want to turn to Vice President Biden good, good, because the concerns about uh, any possible vacuum being created, being, being created in Afghanistan if you pull the U.S. troops out uh, has been heightened by what we've seen in recent days on the ground in Iraq. Uh, when you were Vice President, President Obama turned to you to bring the troops home from Iraq. You have said on the campaign trail, quote, I made sure the President turned to me and said, Joe, get our combat troops out of Iraq. There was a major drawdown of U.S. troops, and he went right back in. And then in. ISIS seized, by some estimates, 40 percent of the territory in Iraq. You then had to send thousands of troops back. Uh,
0: go back and listen to "Why So Serious," and you'll understand exactly why those uh, ISIS came in and took 40 percent back, and we went right back in, causing Iraq three.
4: Was it wrong to pull out of Iraq that quickly? And did the move actually no. help ISIS no. take hold? No. No. No.
0: What was wrong was Operation Timber Sycamore and the redirect, like I, I mentioned in part one. The redirect. You redirected. Uh, into Syria. You started funding. where you committed treason, bro. You funded Al-Qaeda, which turned into ISIS, and they were never going to be a puppet of you, of America, and they just walked across the fucking border. And all those troops that we had trained just dropped their weapons and ran away. We don't give a fuck about this part of Iraq. And then they were driving our trucks and shit
7: it wasn't wrong to pull up, but I'm gonna ask you wow. an Afghanistan question. I've been in and out of Afghanistan, not with a gun, and I admire my friend uh, for his service. But I've been out of Afghanistan, I think, more than anybody on this on this, and it's an open secret. You reported a long time ago, George, that I was opposed to the surge in Afghanistan. The whole purpose Which one? of going to Afghanistan was to not have a counterinsurgency, meaning that we're gonna put that oh, country together. No, not a it cannot not be put together. Let me let me say it again. It will not be put together. It's three different countries. Pakistan owns the three counties, the, the, the three provinces and the east. They're not any part of it, the counties run it. I will go on and on, but here's the point. The point is that it's a counterterrorism strategy. We can prevent the United States from being the victim of terror coming out of Afghanistan by providing for bases, insist that Pakistanis provide bases for us to to airlift from and to move against what we don't We don't need know. more bases. We don't need those troops there. I would bring them home, and Joe Dunford's a fine guy, but this has been an internal argument we've had for eight years. With regard to, uh, with, with regard to um, uh, Iraq, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, I should have never voted to give Bush authority to go in and do what he said he was going to do. But the AUMF was designed, he said, to go in and get the Security Council to vote 15 to nothing to allow it. inspectors to go in to determine whether or not anything was being done with chemical weapons or nuclear weapons. And when that happened, he went ahead and went anyway without any of that proof. I said something that was not meant the way I said it. I said, from that point on, what I was argued against in the beginning, once, once he started to put the troops in, was that, in fact, we were doing it the wrong way, there was no plan, we should not be engaged, we didn't have the people with us, we didn't have our alliance, we didn't have allies with us, et cetera. And it was later, when we came to, into office, the, Barack turn, the President turned to me and said, Joe, when they said we had a plan to get out, he turned to the whole Security team." Joe will organize this, get the troops home. Yeah, My son did. spent a you year didn't, in Iraq. You didn't get out, and I understand. You didn't made, get out on and his we were right to get the combat troops out. The big mistake that was made, which we predicted, was that you would not have a circumstance where the Shia and the Kurds would work together to keep ISIS from coming, uh, from moving in. Mr. You are funding Bankier, I want and them and giving them weapons.
4: The How are they supposed to stop is very the similar surge? to What we saw in Iraq when the troops came out, ISIS filled that vacuum. What do you make of people out there who no, are worried they that the if vacuum, we pull bro. out U.S. troops no, no, too quickly no, no, from no. Afghanistan, Neapastos it will create safe haven all over it. again, knows, like the plotters this. of
5: 9-11. David, let me answer that, but let this. me just comment on something that the vice president said. He knows. Hit him. You talked about the big mistake in Iraq and the surge. The truth is, the big tell me mistake, a lot about Bernie right huge here. mistake, and one of the big differences between you and me, I never believed what Cheney and Bush said about Iraq. you right. right. voted against the war sure in Iraq did. and helped lead the opposition.
0: Just tell us why.
5: And it's sad to say. I mean, I kind of okay, you you know, did it, but tell had why. the feeling that there would be massive destabilization in that Area, sure did. Uh, if we went into that war.
0: Absolutely. So uh, serious. As the former
5: chairman Talk of about the it. Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs, want a to pick up what Pete said, we cannot express our gratitude to all of the men and women who have put their lives on the line to defend them, defend us, who have responded to the call of duty. But I think also I am the only person up here to have voted against all three of Trump's military budgets I don't think we have to spend 750 billion dollars a year on the military when we don't even know who our enemy is it's true I think that what we have got to do is bring this world together bring it together on climate change
0: how about we bring America together bring it first it together we can't even do that we can't even achieve terrorism. that
5: and make it clear that we as a planet
0: Are we going to get the whole as a world? global
5: community We'll work Pipe together dream. to help Pipe countries dream. around the world
0: never to build their
5: struggling Live economies, reality, and do everything that we can to rid the world of terrorism, never of dropping bombs on Afghanistan we can stop. and Iraq was not the way to do it. Senator
4: Sanders, thank you. I want to take this to Mr. Yang. You share the stage, as you know, when we talk about troops in Iraq and Afghanistan with the You're Vice President who was in the Situation Room, with Senators who are You're on the, the Senate Armed Services, the Foreign Relations Committees, with an Afghanistan veteran who is on the stage tonight. As you share the stage with these candidates, what makes you the most qualified on this stage to be Commander-in-Chief?
10: I've signed a pledge to end the forever wars. We've been in a state of continuous armed conflict for 18 years, yep. which is not the, what the American people want. School, we have basically. to start owning what we can and can't do. We're not very good at rebuilding countries. Or we'll it. And if you want proof, all you have to do is look within our own country at Puerto Rico. We've spent trillions of dollars to unclear benefits, lost thousands of lives, and thank you, Pete, for your service. And the goal has to be to rebuild the relationships that have made America strong for decades. I would lead our armed forces with restraint and judgment. What the American people want is simply a president who has the right values and point of view, and they can trust to make the right decisions when it comes to putting our young men and women into
6: harm's way. And that's what I would do as president. Never un- Mr. Yang, thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Vamos a hablar de América Latina. Uh, You haven't been asked about Latin America in the previous debate, so uh, let's begin. Uh, Senator Sanders, one country where many immigrants are arriving from is Venezuela, a recent UN fact-finding mission found that thousands have been disappeared, tortured, and killed by government forces in Venezuela. You admit that Venezuela does not have free elections, but still you refuse to call Nicolás Maduro un dictador, a dictator. Can you explain exactly. why is social, and came what are from, the main differences between it's your socialist. kind of socialism That's and the one being imposed in yeah. Venezuela? Good
0: question. My Cuba dude coming hard, gotta, bro. I like this guy.
6: Well,
5: first of all, let me Burning be very clear. Mad. Anybody who does what Maduro does is a vicious tyrant. What we need now is international and regional cooperation for free elections in Venezuela so that the people of that free. country Hold on. can make— Hold on. Hold on.
0: They had free elections in Venezuela. They were very prosperous in Venezuela, not that long ago, like 10 years ago, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. They had free elections, and they elected exactly what Bernie Sanders wants, democratic socialism. They voted for it, guys. And this is what it turned into. It turned into what it turns into every other time, Venezuela. But, you know, Bernie Sanders is going to do it different, you know, he he has a better way to do it. No one, no one else has been able to achieve it, but he can. Elizabeth Warren can. They can achieve this. And they used to tout Venezuela as, "Look, hey, look at look at Venezuela," and now they run from it.
5: Own future terms of democratic socialism to equate what goes on in Venezuela with what I believe is extremely unfair. <laughs> I'll tell you what I you believe. Said, in terms
0: you said you've of told them before, got my guy.
5: I agree with what goes on in Canada and in Scandinavia, guaranteeing health care. Okay,
0: stop again, full stop. They don't have democratic socialism. They've come out and told you, guy to even stop calling it that. The state, the government of Scandinavia, of Denmark, have come out and said, hey, please stop saying that we're democratic socialists. We're not. We have social democracy. Two completely different philosophies on government. Completely different. Two different systems. Bernie Sanders, democratic socialism, socialist. He's a socialist who believes that if you just elect him first, instead of a revolutionary, it's somehow better, okay? But with all the same bullshit that socialism brings. Social democracy believes in free market capitalism, which is what they all enjoy over there, in case you missed it, even in Canada. But they also believe in using that wealth to help out socially to the less fortunate basically the same shit we got. They just do it a little bit more. Uh, but they have a freer economy which gives them more money to play with which is why they're uh, um, which is why they're happier and why they can afford all these things. They actually have a freer market than us. I think, I think we're going to jump them this year though because we've been rolling back regulations. One of the very few things Donald Trump has done well.
5: To all people as a human right. I believe that the United States should not be the only major country on Earth not to provide paid family and medical leave. This guy got leave. the same answers for every question, bro. got the same worker in this you got the country same four lines. deserves a living wage. You heard it once, you heard it a million times. The, Union the socialist Bernie I Sanders, folks. Believe also, that what, to me, democratic socialism means is we deal with an issue we do not discuss enough, Jorge, not in the media and not in Congress you got three people in America owning more wealth than the bottom half of this country. you got a handful of billionaires controlling what goes on in Wall Street, the insurance companies. And it pays the economy for about immediate. two
0: months. You take all their maybe, money. So cool. Be, now maybe. what?
5: What we should be doing is creating Thank an you. economy that works for all of us, not Man, 1%. No answer again That's from Bernie understanding Sanders.
0: Understanding Bernie Sanders All you need to know about a democratic socialist, socialist is they will never answer a question. Uh, shout out to Ben Burgess. Uh, watch any of his videos where he's being interviewed by anybody. Um, homie will not answer a question. He will spend just like Bernie. Bernie will never answer a question directly, and he'll get mad at you if you question his policy. He's angry, angry old man, angry old white man. Remember, angry rich white man is the problem in America. They'll keep telling you, and you notice that the front to two front runners are are um, old white men that have that are rich, Bernie Sanders three homes, $4 million, rich guy.
8: 45 seconds. Right. Uh, Sure, thank you, Jorge. I'll call Maduro a dictator because he is a dictator. Yep, absolutely. And... uh,
0: Came about from... What we need to do is to, along with our uh, allies, uh, make sure that
8: the Venezuelan people get the assistance that they need, that we continue to pressure Venezuela so that they'll have free and fair elections, and also here in the United States, offer temporary protected status, TPS, to Venezuelans. That is something that the Trump administration has failed to okay do for that. all of his big talk about supporting the Venezuelan uh, American community. He has failed. I will not. I also believe that we need to do things like a 21st century Marshall Plan for Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala so that people can find safety and opportunity at home instead of having to make the dangerous Absolutely. journey to the I United like States. Too. And. Uh, Under my administration, we're going to put renewed focus on Latin America. It makes sense. They're neighbors, and we have a lot of things in common. It also makes sense that because we have a country like China that is going around the world to places like Africa and Latin America, making their own relationships, strengthening those, the United States needs to strengthen its partnerships in Latin America
6: immediately, and I will. Senator Booker, uh, let me ask you about Brazil after the recent fires in the Amazon. Some change. experts suggested that eating less meat is one way to help the <laughs> environment. You are a vegan since 2014. That's Here obviously we a personal the me- choice. The meat attack. But President Trump and Brazil's President Bolsonaro are concerned that climate change regulations could affect economic growth. So should more.
0: Before we start, they, before these all these people start criticizing meat, man, you know, for the non-authoritarians, you know, they're not. They, you know how dangerous it is for that we have a president that's telling you what to do. Hey, guy. You elect me, don't eat meat, bitch.
6: Americans, including those here in Texas and and in Iowa, follow your diet. (laughs) Um, You know, first of all, I want to say no. Actually, I want to
2: translate that into Spanish. No. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was actually pretty good, that was a good one. I like that, all right? I like that, that was good, that was good as fuck. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Look, on. let's just be clear. Uh,
1: oh, shit.
2: <laughs> the factory farming going on that's assaulting this corporate consolidation yeah, of the agriculture yeah, 100%. industry. 100%. One of the reasons why I have a bill to put a moratorium on this.
0: Uh, again, again, get the government out of it. Again, you have this corporate government-facilitated factory farming, these huge amounts. It's the same thing we do with our farmers, right? We make, we allow these we, we allow these monopolies, these huge facilities. Let's do all local, man. Uh, grass red, bro, local, dude. We don't gotta support the world with food, man. Support ourselves with food first. We got tons of food here in America too, tons of it, tons of it. We do a lot smaller grows, and you ain't gotta worry and worry so much
2: corporate consolidation is because this factory farming is destroying and price. hurting our environment and Economic you see independent family farmers being pushed out of business because of the kind of incentives we are giving that don't line up with our values. That's what I'm calling for. But I want to I so switch because bad. we Again. don't have crowded debate stage. Don't make we were talking about Afghanistan and Iraq. It, it, it annoys me that we had a conversation about our troops overseas and we didn't say one word about veterans in our country. We have a shameful reality in America that we send people off to war and they often come home with invisible wounds, hurts, and harms. They're disproportionately homeless. You hear stories about women waiting for months for gynecological care through the VA. It is very important that as we as a country, understand that we are not gonna solve every problem with this outrageous, increased militarism. Absolutely. that we also make sure that we stand up for the people that stood for us. We end our national anthem with home of the brave. It's about time we make this a better home for our bravest.
6: Congressman Um, O'Rourke, Hurricane Harvey hit this town. Two what years does ago, that even mean, and bro? not only is the Amazon burning, Greenland is melting at a record pace. The last five years have been the hottest ever recorded, and we have a viewer's question yeah, no, come on. about this. Come on, come on, come on,
0: come on! The last five years have been the hottest recorded since like 1970. Like, can we please add the real stat? Like, like, or 1900 even, or or whenever we started fucking uh, really like looking at this shit? Like, come on, guys. You're telling me it was it was hotter than it was. It's hotter now than when Earth was fucking um, almost completely CO2, methane, and, and basically hot lava fire volcano. It, it, it's hotter now in history, right? Right this moment, as we're coming out of an ice age. Okay,
6: I guess so. What meaningful action will you take to reverse the effect of climate change? And can we count on you to follow through if your donors are against it?
12: Yes, we will follow through regardless of the political consequences or who it offends.
0: So basically, you elect me to do a job, even if you don't agree, and I'm going to do whatever I want anyway, even though I'm supposed to represent you.
12: Because this is the very future of our planet and our ability for our children and grandchildren to be able to survive.
0: Again, telling you your kids are going to die. We will
12: make sure that we get to net zero greenhouse gas emissions no China? later than the year 2050. What about India? That we are halfway there by 2030 that we mobilize five trillion dollars.
0: Hold on. So you literally spent, you're going to spend, most of these plans are like 80 trillion dollars. It's going to be way more than that. at 40 to 80 trillion dollars. And it's going to absolutely, all the studies will say, you will not find one study. Try, please try to find a reputable study that will tell you that spending $80 trillion on climate change will do anything. It will not. It will do nothing. So basically, you're just going to throw money at a problem that no one else is going to to abide by. And we're going to ruin our economy and their economy can boom. And, And that's somehow going to be beneficial to us as a society. Think about it, guys. The
12: next 10 years to do that, that we invest here in Houston, Texas, with pre-disaster mitigation grants to protect those communities that are vulnerable to flooding. Where's the money coming from? Given the fact that this town has seen three 500-year floods in just five years, you'd like to think you're good for 1,500 years, but you're not. They're coming faster and larger and more devastating than ever. And you're we're gonna also going to make sure you're that we free stop ourselves that. from a dependence on fossil fuels and embrace renewable wind and solar energy technology, as well as the high-paying, high-skilled, high-wage jobs that come along with that. And then we're going to pay farmers for the environmental services that they want to provide. Planting cover crops, keeping more land under conservation, using no-till farming, regenerative agriculture can pull carbon right out of the air, and money? can drive it and sequester it into the soil. That's the way that we're gonna meet this challenge, and we're gonna bring
6: everyone into the solution. Many wow. of you wanna comment? Um, let's, let's try to see if we can go very fast. topic is climate,
1: You This is the
14: existential crisis of our time. It's, you know, that movie, The Day After Tomorrow? it's today. Uh, We have seen warming in our world uh, like never before. We're seeing flooding in the Midwest, flooding in Houston, fires in the West. And I think having someone leading the ticket from the Midwest will allow us to talk about this in a different way and get it done. On day one, I will get us back into the International Climate Change Agreement. On day two, I will bring back the clean power rules that President Obama had worked on. On day three, I will bring back the gas mileage standards. You can do all that without Congress, which is good. On day look at four that, look, five, look
0: how happy they are. Look how happy they are that I can do. I could be a dictator myself. Look how happy she was. I wish you could see her face. She was so happy. I could do that without Congress. Ooh, I could pass laws without Congress. I love it. I love going over the fucking... I love going right over the American people and doing whatever the fuck I want, bruh. Because, you know, I don't want power. I'm not authoritarian. Tuh. The authoritarians on the other side, duh.
14: 6 You're all authoritarians, man. With Congress and mayors and business people are all, all the, country, the same fucking feathers. Introduce feather. sweeping Trash. legislation to get at that 2050 goal. And on day seven, you're supposed to rest, but I won't. Uh, Senator this Warren, is what we need to do if we're going to get at climate change. We have to take this on as a crisis that's happening right now. Senator Warren,
6: should American foreign policy be based around the principle of climate change?
14: Yes. Uh,
9: we need yes. to work on every front on climate change. It is the threat to every living thing on this planet, and we are running out of time. Every time the scientists go back, they say we have less and less time than we thought we had. But that uh, means-
0: please go back. Please go back and tell me when when uh, climate science, scientists have been correct at any point in history. Don't worry, I'll wait. You know, because we were headed toward an ice age when I was a kid. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, come on, guys. There's no data to support this. No real data. The data points are very small. We're looking at a very shallow point in history, and because it's increasing quicker now to, as we're coming out of an ice age, which you would obviously expect. Like if you were any logical thinker, you'd expect that to be happening. And we're so we're taking a small sample size instead of the large picture, and we're saying, "Oh, look, look how crazy it is now." We're kind of reverting back to how the Earth used to be. Um, how crazy we can, we can stop this. It's like, okay. So what you're saying is when CO2 levels are X amount of high, they're, uh, 4,500 PPM right now, the highest ever in recorded human history. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 30,000 years ago. So what, what was going on then when it was higher, when there was no humans, where, where was, how were we responsible then for the warming? And, and you crank uh, uh, greenhouses up to like 1,500 feet, so almost four times for, for a tree to grow properly. All you vegetarians, if you want to grow trees, you need more CO2 in the air, guys. If you want proper crop growth, you need more CO2 in the air. Sorry to burst your bubble. Wow. I mean, that's the science.
9: We've got to use And I'm a scientist. Tools. One of the tools we need to use are our regulatory tools. I have proposed uh, following Governor Inslee, that we, by 2028, cut all carbon emissions from new buildings, by 2030, carbon emissions from cars, and by 2035, all carbon emissions from the manufacture of electricity. That alone, those three, will cut our emissions here in the United States by 70%. And it will do nothing for do the rest this. of the world. We Zero. We also need to help the world to clean. But understand this be You'll be paying $900 time.
0: for your NIPSCO Why bill every month it for an apartment. Thank as you.
9: long as Washington is paying more attention to money than it is to our future, we can't make the changes we need to make. We have to attack the corruption head on. God,
0: did you hear that? Did you hear that? We can't worry about money, guys. Listen, American people, the ones we don't make remember the state, the government doesn't make anything. It doesn't produce any money. It takes that money from you, from your work, via tax. Money, we gotta stop worrying about money, guys. You gotta stop telling the government to worry about money. Just give me all your fucking money and I'll make sure that you live. If you don't give me all your money, you're not gonna live in 12 years. You're gonna be dead. Your kids gonna be dead, your grandkids are gonna be dead. But you know, they're not they're not promoting they're not promoting fear or nothing like that. That's the other side. Everyone's always, oh, my God, I'm making fear. Fear? Fear? You're telling people they're going to fucking die if they don't give you all your money.
6: Insanity. So that
9: we can save our planet.
6: Senator Harris, 45
3: seconds. When I think about this issue, it really is through the lens of my baby nieces who are one and a half and three years old.
0: They're all going to die, too. Uh,
3: When I look at what is going to be the world if we do nothing when they turn 20, I'm really scared and when i've been in the united states senate for now the last two and a half years and i look at our counterparts the republicans in the united states senate they must be looking at their children and then when they look at the mirror i don't know what they see but it's a lack of courage and this this is an issue that yes it represents an existential threat
0: hold on it's a lack of courage to not tell your kids they're going to die it's courageous to look at your uh, five-year-old who's you know getting ready to go to kindergarten and like, hey, hey, little Kimmy, uh, I know you don't really want to, and I, I really don't, I know you don't really understand this right now, but guess what? Uh, if they don't come take all my check, and if I don't give them $40 trillion, or agree to give them $40, $40 trillion, uh, you're going to die before you're 20. And the people who don't want to give $40 trillion, they're going to be responsible for it, not me, because I told you.
3: It is also something we can do something about. This is a problem that was created by human behaviors. No, it was not. And we can change.
0: Really? There, there's, so, so, yes, climate change is scientific fact. Scientifically, f- is fa- it's factual that climate is changing. There's no data that says humans are responsible for this. And if you look at it in a whole, it's quite the opposite
3: our behaviors in a way that saves our planet. I've seen it happen in California. I took on, as the Attorney General of California, I ran the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, second only to the United States Department of Justice. I took on the big oil companies, and we saw progress. If any of you have been to Los Angeles
0: 20- I think my cat just threw up, dude, That's what, that's what she, and I really think that's what she thinks of this answer.
3: Years ago, you'll remember, that sky was brown you go there now the sky is blue and you know why because leader just decided to lead and we took on these big fossil fuel companies we have some of the most important and strongest laws Thank in you. the country Thank you very much. and we made a difference and my point being i've done it before and i will lead as president on this issue
0: and you have the most homeless in your state and the wealth dish and and, and the uh the gap between the wealthy and the poor is the largest in your state so your policies have done really good. They've done really good to do exactly what everyone is f- afraid of. It's going to make a system of a very wealthy and a very poor and no one in the fucking middle. And I, I kind of like the middle. I kind of like where I'm at. I don't really want to be rich. And I don't want to be poor. I kind of just want to cruise, be semi-comfortable, but never too comfortable so I can stay on my fucking toes, you know? And I don't want to live in a pipe dream. I don't want to live in a reality where nothing can happen to me. Like, what fucking boring is that, dude? What do you mean? So there's no excitement? Like, can we put limiters on my car then so that I can't go more than fucking 15, hurt myself?
3: What the fuck, dude? Because we have no time. The clock is ticking, but we need courage uh, and we need courageous leadership. We can get this done.
6: Mr. Yang. So to
10: follow
3: up on
10: what Elizabeth said, why are we losing to the fossil fuel companies? Yeah. Why are we losing to the gun lobby and the NRA? And the answer is this, we all know, everyone on the stage knows, that our government has been overrun by money and corporate interests. So let's make it now, bigger. Everyone here has a plan so to try make and government curb bigger. those corporate interests, We're telling but we have you, to face guys. Facts. Money finds a way. Money will find its way back in. So what is the answer? The answer is to wash the money out with people-powered money. Absolutely. My proposal is that we give every American 100 democracy dollars that you can only give to candidates and causes that you like. This would wash out the lobbyist oh, cash I like it, factor bro. eight right. to one. That is the only way we will win. And My as I'm running dude. for president, I'll tell you, there's the people on one side and the money on the other. The only way for us to win yep. is if we bring them together. Absolutely.
0: Hey, you, that was a great that's a great fucking plan, guys. Get on that. I'd
15: like to have an academic discussion now about education. Mr. Yang will stay with you. Here in Houston, the school district is facing yet another year of spending cuts. Like schools across the country, the system faces many challenges. So one we're of them get everyone for thousands free. That's of students fun. are leaving Again, traditional public schools.
0: Like the system the system's trash. The government, the government cannot run education, they're admitting it. They're failing you, they're failing the people. But, you know, we can control it. Just give us more control of that, of that uh, institution. And again, we'll make it more better again.
15: And going to charter schools. You're the most vocal proponent on this stage for charter schools. You have said that Democrats who want to limit them are, quote, just jumping into bed with teachers unions and doing kids a disservice. They are. Why isn't taxpayer money better spent on fixing traditional public schools?
10: Let me be clear. I am pro-good school. There you go. I've got a kid, uh, one of my uh, little boys just started public school last week and I was not there because I was running for president. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to pay teachers more because the data clearly shows that a good teacher is worth his or her weight in gold. Absolutely. We need to lighten up the emphasis on standardized tests which do not measure anything fundamental Absolutely. about our character or human Absolutely. work. <laughs> But here's the big and one. We need to teach real the data shit. clearly shows that 65 to 70% of our students' outcomes are determined outside of the school. Yep. We're talking about time spent at home with the parents, parents words read in the to home. them when they're young, stress levels in the Absolutely. house. Income type of neighborhood. We're putting money into schools and educators know this we're saying you're hundred percent Responsible for educating our kids, but you can only control 30% They all know this the answer is to put money directly into the families and neighborhoods to give Absolutely. our kids a chance to learn right, and our teachers a chance to teach
0: maybe not in the way he wants to give them the money But and he's definitely right in life the life in so no problem And what the solution needs to be so we need to find a way to give those people the the, the, the resources. Step one is in appoint
11: a secretary of education who actually believes in public education. <laughs> I believe in, in public, public education. education. Yeah, in this and one. And in order in to this, strengthen this, it, some things are very complex for preparing for a future where knowledge is. E-
0: you believe in the public education in the uh, inner city of Chicago, guy? Okay. You believe in that? You believe in that? Uh, in that public school system and how it operates? and how they're teaching kids, preparing them for life, better than me then.
11: Your Fingertips, but we got to teach more to do with critical thinking and social and emotional learning. Some of it is extremely simple. We've just got to pay teachers more. And we've got to lift up the teaching profession. I always think of a story from South Bend of uh, friends who hosted exchange students from Japan. They had a student one year who wanted to be a teacher and they kept in touch with her when she went back to japan and to college Uh, she took the exam to try to become a teacher uh, in a society that really regards teachers and compensates teachers well and she came up just short so you know what she did since she was academically good but couldn't quite make the cut to be a teacher she had a fallback fallback plan she became a doctor that is how seriously some countries treat the teaching profession if we want to get the results that we expect for our children that. we that have to support little, I mean, that, and compensate on, the teaching profession
0: now that story might have happened she may have like wanted to be a teacher and end up being a doctor but I I seriously doubt that she was able to become a doctor but couldn't pass a teacher's test dude come on dude let's be let's be let's be serious about that
11: Respect teachers the way we do soldiers, and pay them more like the way we do doctors.
0: What I hate man. You made a good point point throw
15: that person out Dan's there. Term. The Are you just jumping into bed with teachers' unions?
9: You know, I think I'm the only person on the stage who has been a public school teacher to be a public school teacher since I was in second grade. So why do you do that? And let's be clear in all the ways we talk about this, money for public schools should stay in public schools, not go anywhere else. I've already made my commitment. I will. We will have a secretary of education who has been a public school teacher.
0: I'm okay with that. I like that
9: think this is ultimately about our you
0: agree that you should be putting the best person in charge for a position whether it's um, and and not based on uh, sex uh, religious creed uh, or skin color I'm I'm glad you agree Elizabeth Warren I I hope you don't revert back to your old uh, your old thoughts
9: values I have proposed a two cent wealth tax on the top one tenth of 1% Which in this country. Zero
0: money, that would give
9: us enough money to, do to nothing. start with our babies by providing universal child care for every baby age zero to five, universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old in this country. Thank you, Raise Senator. the wages of every child care worker and preschool teacher you in get this close country. To that from her Cancel student loan debt for 95% One, of the you Definitely,
0: definitely, definitely, definitely get <laughs> close.
9: You, and strengthen our unions. That- Again,
0: the ones who are supposed to be the most smart and have the most opportunity now need the people who didn't go to college to pay for their college. Think about that.
9: This is how we build an America that reflects our values, not just where from
3: with the billionaires. Don't want no one to pay for me. Executives. Senator Harris, my contract, my debt. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Frances Wilson, God rest her soul, attended my law school graduation. I think most of us would say that we are not where we are without the teachers who believed in us. I have offered in this campaign a proposal to deal with this, which will be the first in the nation federal investment in closing the teacher pay gap, which is $13,500 a year. Because right now in our public schools, our teachers, 94 percent of them, are coming out of their own pocket to help pay for school supplies. And that is wrong. That is wrong. I also want to talk about where we are here at TSU and what it means in terms of HBCUs. I have, as part of my proposal, that we will put $2 trillion into investing in our HBCUs for teachers because, 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 one, as a proud graduate of a historically black college and university, I will say. I will say that it is our HBCUs that disproportionately produce teachers and those who serve in these many professions. But also, Thank you, Senator. But this is a critical point.
0: If a black over.
3: child has a black teacher before the end of third grade, they are 13% more likely to go to college. Mm-hmm. If that child has had two black teachers... Before the end of third grade, there are 32% more likely to go to college. Hold on,
0: hold on. So her whole thing with Joe Biden, just before she finishes her point here, because I don't know if this is where she's going, but it's funny to bring up here. Her whole issue with uh, with Joe Biden back, if you watch the first debates, was that busing issue. And she said that that was uh, promoting segregation. Is she literally talking, she's literally talking about segregation here. She's talking about black people being taught by black people, white people being taught by white people. So um, the progressive party, once again, like I say, is the regressive party is literally talking about segregation, guys. They're literally promoting segregation. They promote it all the time. You guys never catch it. I don't understand how.
3: So when we talk about investing in our public education system, it is at the source of so much. When we fix it, that will fix so many other things. We must invest in the Thank potential you, of our children. Senator, Senator, and I strongly believe you can judge a society Man, based on like how answers, it treats its children. And ago. we are Thank failing you, on this issue. Guess what?
0: <laughs> Angry Bernie.
5: You're guessing. All right, here's the answer. It's going to be the same we one you always give. The wealthiest country in the history of the world. Absolutely. And yet we have the highest yeah, child poverty rate of almost any country on earth. That's a lie. We have teachers in this country who are leaving education. That was like such a blank Because they even, can't work close, two or three guys. jobs to support That's themselves, right. which is why under my legislation. We will move to see that every teacher in America makes at least $60,000 a year. What we will also do is not only have universal pre-K, we will make public colleges and universities and HBCUs debt-free. And what we will also do, because this is an incredible burden on millions and millions of young people, who did nothing wrong except try to get the education they need. We are going to cancel all student debt. In the-
0: yes, and what that means is that taxpayer money now has to pay for this debt. It just doesn't wipe away magically. You just don't wipe a, ma- oh, a magic wand and then, and then, oh, my God. No, no, those people still get paid. They've already been paid. All right, so that means you, the taxpayer, and again, to my point, that means the least fortunate of us, right? You just said it, Bernie. The ones who went to school, the ones who were going to have better jobs, da-da-da-da-da, right? Now they're all of a sudden turning around to the people who didn't even get that. They didn't get that step up. They didn't get that on the resume. They didn't make that decision to go to college. They didn't sign up voluntarily to take on a debt. And now you're going to turn around and say, hey, you people that didn't even go to college, the ones who you obviously are saying kind of did it the more, maybe more the smart way, you're gonna to have to fucking now pay for them, for their decision, for their life choice. Think about how crazy that is, guys. I mean, do you do you really think that makes you noble? That you're gonna that you vote, if you vote for taking money out of someone else's hands to pay for someone else's college, that makes you noble? And we're talking about the poorest of our country that you guys kept talking about in this entire debate, how poor people are, are need help but you want to take more money of them to give to the people who should be ahead of them because they went to college. Now, if you want to talk about like, uh, uh, um, uh, passing a law that, so there's no interest. I'm all for that. Interest is retarded on student loans, but the government started this crisis when they kicked banks out of the lending process. The government lends the money. The government's given the $200,000 loans, not banks. I had, I had a question asked him, uh, uh, proposed in a, in Facebook one time. Uh, basically talking about who would give who would give an 18 year old a $200,000 loan how crazy banks are and i had to chime in cuz it's like listen banks would not that's that's the problem banks would not give a kid a $200,000 loan 18 years old and no and no business and no right mind would anybody give someone $200,000 they might give you 50 maybe 40 for education cuz it's an investment in you but you know who will give you two hundred thousand dollars? The government of the United States of America. So when the government government of the United States of America said, "Hey, we got it. We will guarantee any uh, any 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 loan basically uh, to these institutions, these these colleges, for um, so so that because kids have a right to go to college and they should go to college. They need that help. So what what is the natural the natural order? Well, once the government says, "I, I guarantee you receive payment." So it doesn't matter if these kids default, the bank don't have have no way to default in reality. Uh we'll just raise prices. Because the government's gonna keep lending it. So the uh the, again, the solution to this madness is uh, more government intervention. That I mean, that should just solve it, right?
5: Thank you, Senator. And Thank we you, are Senator. going to do that by imposing a tax on Wall Street speculation.
15: Thank you, Senator. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I want to come to you and talk to you about inequality in schools and race. In a conversation about how to deal with segregation in schools back in 1975, you told a reporter, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Absolutely. You said that some 40 years ago, but as you stand here tonight, what...
0: Re- Hold on, let's, before he answers this, dude, what is wrong with saying that? Because the, the crowd just kind of booed. In what other, in what other, in what other sense, in what other reality would you be responsible for something your father did or your grandfather did? And in, our, in, this, in, this, in this sense, our great, 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 great grandfather, if you even had one that was here. So I know there's going to be like a reparations uh, question. I mean, how, how do you verify that my family was even here? And then, who gets the reparations? How do we? Ver- so you're telling me that there has been no, um, there's been no people of a color of color who have emigrated here since slavery. Who have benefited from a system that just that uh, that anyone else has benefited from? No, re- in reality. So does Barack Obama, who was the leader of the free world, the most powerful man in the world. Does he get reparations? Cory Booker uh uh ox uh um Oxford scholar wealthy family parents I think uh MIT or something, uh uh teachers or something weird like that I don't remember they're all, I know they're what real wealthy' we're well, real well off does he get reparations and then why why do I have to pay for it why did something my father did if my father commits a crime do I go to jail if my father holds a debt, do i have to repay it? Think about that, guys. Like what are, we, what are we even discussing here? I didn't do anything to you. Now, now if you can trace if you can trace it back from lineage to lineage and no. But if you, in person to person, absolutely. If you could somehow find a person living today who is responsible for something then and that person's still here, you can get you can absolutely pay damages. What are we talking about here?
7: I mean, how crazy.
15: Responsibility do you think that Americans need to take to repair the legacy of slavery in our country?
7: Well, they have to deal with the... the, Look, there is institutional segregation in this country. And from the time I got involved, I started dealing with that. Redlining, banks, making sure that we are in a position where... Look, talk about education. I propose that what we take is those very poor schools, the Title I schools. Triple the amount of money we spend from 15 to 45 billion a year. Absolutely. Give every single okay, teacher that... a raise, for the equal race of getting out uh, the, the $60,000 level. Number two, make sure that we bring in to the help the students, the teachers deal with the problems that come from home. The problems that come from home, we, need, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America today. It's crazy. You have no fathers The teachers in are, and I'm married to a teacher. My deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. We make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three-, four-, and five-year-olds go to school. School. Not daycare. School. We bring social workers into homes of parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want — they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television. The, excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. What the, the, the fuck? Oh, he gaffed in there. Oh,
0: look at him, dude. He, see, when he gets tired, dude. I think, dude, this could be dementia, guys. You know, my my grandfather got dementia, and the 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 progr- how he slowly progresses as he gets tireder. So he's been standing here for two hours and eight minutes now. He's getting a little tired, and you, you see him slipping record he, he said it right the first time he's like oh uh, uh, no no we're in like 1950 still record no not not many playing people playing records guy
7: coming from a very poor school a very poor background They're we'll hear four slip million slipping, words bro. fewer spoken by the time they get there there's so that's much a good point though do yeah, yeah twice good over, job okay? finally finally because
0: he never here, he never deal. stops that's the good deal him, is dude. that
7: We've got this a little backwards, and by the way, in Venezuela, we should be allowing people to come here from Venezuela. I know Madura. I've confronted Madura. Number two, you talk about the need to do something in Latin America. I'm the guy that came up with $740 million to see to it. those three countries, in fact, change their system so people Ooh, don't have a chance mad, to leave. Dude. You're all acting like we He's just hot. discovered this yesterday. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Absolutely. President. Secretary Castro. Hey, all right, <laughs> he finished you finished drawing on that answer, that's bro.
0: That's quite
8: a lot. Uh. Gangster, bro. Uh, I thought
0: that was decent. Yeah,
8: slipping I grew up in one of those neighborhoods strong. that folks have talked about, in uh-huh. a neighborhood that was grappling with the legacy of segregation. In fact, in two, two public school districts uh, that were involved in a 1973 Supreme Court case challenging how Texas financed its schools. And uh, I know that today our schools are segregated because our neighborhoods are segregated. right Now, I have an education plan like a lot of folks up here that would pay teachers more, that would recruit uh, diverse ranks of teachers, that would invest in our public schools, but I also believe that we have to connect the dots to uplift the quality of life, to invest in Absolutely. housing opportunity, Absolutely. to invest in job opportunity, Absolutely. to invest in community schools that offer resources like parents able to go back and get their GED and healthcare opportunities okay. and those things that truly truly ensure that the entire family can prosper. Those are the types of things that we need to do in addition to lifting up our public schools. You asked a second ago about charter schools. Look. Um, it is a myth that charter schools are better than public schools. They're not. Five percent is are. Thank you, Secretary. Well, I'm not categorically against charter schools. I would require more transparency and accountability from them than is required right now.
0: That was fudging the numbers a little bit. I'm pretty sure. I don't have that number offhand, so I might be wrong. But uh, I bet percent, percentage-wise, charter schools perform better than the percentage of public schools that perform. Now, obviously there's way more public schools. So you can, I mean, you're, you're just playing with the numbers.
15: Senator Booker, coming to you now. It was 65 years ago this year that the Supreme Court outlawed racial segregation in public schools. Yet for millions of students of color today, segregation remains a reality. Non-white districts typically receive $2,200 less per student than those in white districts. This means older books, less access to computers, and often worse outcomes. What is your plan to address segregation? And I'm not just talking about the achievement gap, but I'm talking about the opportunity gap in education.
2: So I'm hearing a lot of conversations that a good on question. the stage that... and the way we talk about communities of color. Look, I, I live in a black and brown community below the poverty line. know, Corey. I've lived in public housing projects almost for a decade and saw the anguish of parents who are just so deeply frustrated that they don't have a school that serves their genius. I think I'm the only person on the stage, even though I had no formal authority as mayor to run a school system, I stepped up and took responsibility for our schools and we produce results. A lot of folks here talking about raising teachers' salary. We actually did it in Newark, New Jersey, and we didn't stop there. We, had, we closed poor-performing charter schools, but, dag nab, but we expanded high-performing charter schools. We Absolutely. were a city that said we need to find local solutions that work for our community. The results speak for themselves. We're now the number Listen, one- Listen,
0: guys, that's an important message. Local community that found local solutions, dude. I cannot stress that enough. This is all federal. This is too big. They can't do this for three hundred million people. Give up the reins. Stop taking the money. Let the cities get the money. Let the communities get their money. And let them and let them deal with it best for their people. They understand their people better. Cory Booker got gets it. He but he, he goes off on these other like big federal programs. Then it's like no no you get it. It worked for you because you were able to do it locally specifically for your needs tailored specifically for you not cookie cutter the reason why we had this inequality is because everything's cookie cutter
2: city in america for beat the odd schools from high poverty to high performance strategies like investing in our children work and i'll tell you this i, I am tired of us thinking about these problems isolated, disconnected from other issues. That's why my friend Secretary Castro was 100% right. We are in the reality we are right now because, Vice President, of overtly racist policies, not 400 years ago, just in my lifetime, that were redlining communities, disinvesting in communities. And more than just that, my kids are not only struggling with racial segregation and housing and and the challenges of underfunded schools, but they're also struggling with environmental injustice. If you've talked to someone who's a parent of a child who's had permanent brain damage because of lead, you'll know this is a national problem, because there's over 3,000 jurisdictions in America where children have more than twice the blood lead levels of Flint, Michigan. Thank you. And so if I'm President of the United States, it is a holistic solution to education, from raising teacher salary, fully funded special education, but combating the issues of poverty, combating the issues of racial segregation, combating the issues of a criminal justice system that takes parents away from their kids, and dealing with environmental justice as a major pillar of any climate policy.
13: And we are back now for a final round of of questions. One question for each candidate. We're going to go in reverse order from the opening statement. And candidates, uh, the question is on the quality of resilience. Uh, No president can succeed without resilience. Every president confronts crises, defeats, and mistakes. So I want to ask each of you, what's the most significant professional setback you've had to face? How did you recover from it? And what did you learn from it? Vice President Biden.
7: I, uh, I never counted any professional setback I have as a serious setback. Uh, there's things that are important, things that are unimportant. Well, what's going on here?
0: Mm, someone getting rowdy in the crowd, bro.
13: We're going to clear the protesters now. Just
15: one minute.
0: Why are you not clear him? I thought we love protests. You don't mind shutting down people's speech. Why can't they shut down yours?
13: Senator Biden, we'll start the clock again.
0: Our Come on, Joe. Man, they're going to they gonna fuck Joe, dude. Joe lost his whole train of thought. Is that what they're saying? I'm sorry.
7: <laughs> We're sorry. Go ahead. Uh, There's setbacks. Stop on the apologizing, setbacks. dude. And... uh I think the most critical setback that can occur to anyone is to uh, um, lose uh, — well, my, my dad had an expression.
3: He said, <laughs> he Joey, it's not a question bad, of
7: succeeding whether you get knocked down, it's how quickly you get up. And, uh, and then you say, you never explain dad's? and never complain. And they go on to say that the only obligation that really matters, the f- most important thing, is family. And so I was raised to believe that that was the center of everything. It is. Family. And it could be judged on based on how you treat your family and, and how you went from there. And I uh, um it took, you know, Kierkegaard said faith sees best in the dark. Right after I got elected, my wife and daughter were killed in an automobile on, accident of uh, you. Bro. My two sons are badly injured. We get it. And I just been elected, not sworn in. And uh, I lost my faith for a while. I came back. And then later when my son Bo came home from Iraq and with a terminal disease. And uh, a year later, a year and a half later, losing him was like losing part of my soul. But the fact is that I learned that the way you deal with it is you deal with finding purpose. Purpose in what yep. you do. And purpose that's is why I, I hope, hope he's proud of me today because he wanted to make sure I didn't run for president, but I stayed engaged. Because when you get hit badly, whether you're losing a job or you're raising a family like my dad, where you have to make that longest walk up the stairs to tell your kid you can't live here anymore. Dad lost his job. You know, we've all went through that in some form or another. And it just takes — it just, for me, the way I've dealt with it is uh, finding purpose. And my purpose is to do what I've always tried to do and uh, stay engaged in public policy. And, but uh, there's a lot of people that through a lot worse than I have, get up every single morning, Put their feet one foot in front of another without the help I had. They're real heroes out there. Some Thank real you, Mr. Heroes. Vice President. Senator Warren. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much, I,
9: I mentioned earlier, I've known what I wanted to be since second grade. I wanted to be a public yeah, school Yeah, And teacher. yet
0: you are not. And so you're I a liar. invested
9: early. I used to line my dollies up and teach school. I had a reputation for being tough but fair. Um, by the time I graduated from high school, my family didn't have money for a college application, much less to send me off to four years at a university.
0: So you said you were Um, an Indian. And
9: my story, like a lot of stories, has a lot of twists and turns. Got a scholarship, and then at 19, got married, dropped out of school, took a minimum wage job, thought my dream was over. I got a chance down the road at the University of Houston. And I made it as a special needs teacher. I still remember that first year as a special needs teacher, I could tell you what those babies looked like. I had four to, uh, to six-year-olds. But at the end of that first year, I was visibly pregnant. And back in the day, that meant that the principal said to me, um, wished me luck and hired someone else for the job. So there I am. I'm at home. I got a baby. I can't have a job. What am I going to do? Here's resilience. I said, I'll go to law school. And the consequence was I practiced law for about 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and then went back to my first love, which is teaching. But it let me get into fights. It gave me new tools. And the reason I'm standing here today is because I got back up. I fought back. I know what's broken. I want to be in the fight to fix it in America. That's why I'm here.
13: Senator Sanders. Yes. You're, not,
0: you're not promoting hope for everybody, dude. Resilience Tell them that they have no hope unless they just means rely on you.
5: growing up in a rent-controlled apartment in Brooklyn, New York, the Man, son of an immigrant Here we go. who came to this country without a nickel in his pocket. Professional resilience means to be me, George, running for U.S. Senate in Vermont and getting 1% of the vote, running for governor and getting 2% of the vote finally becoming mayor of Burlington, Vermont, with 10-vote margin. What resilience means to me is that throughout my political career, I have taken on virtually every powerful, special interest in this country. Whether it is Wall Street, whether it is the insurance industry, whether it is the pharmaceutical industry whose corruption and greed is killing people today
0: but what he's advocating for is for him to control it and then and then this this terrible system that they keep they've been telling you about for the last two hours and 20 minutes is going to be not greedy and they're going to be all benevolent and you will have no worries sure
5: whether it is a military industrial complex or a prison industrial complex And I feel confident that given a lifelong record of taking on powerful special interests, of standing up for the working families of this country, that I will be able to take on the greed and corruption of the corporate elite and create a government and an economy that work for all of us, not just the 1%. Thank you, Senator Sanders.
3: Senator Harris. You know, uh, every office I've run for, whether it be district attorney or attorney general, um, I was told each time, it can't be done. They said, nobody like you has done it before. Um, you're... Nobody ready for you. Um, when I ran for DA, I won and became the first black woman elected DA in a state of 40 million people and in threw San a bunch Francisco. of black people in jail. When I ran for attorney general of California, I was elected because um, I didn't listen. And I was the only um, black elected, woman black elected um, attorney general in the state, in the country.
0: Hold on, first of all, And of all, each time people... Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Kamala uh, Harris is not black. So, I'm pretty sure she's Indian.
3: let would say, it's not your Could time. It's not your chat, turn. Man. It's going to be too difficult. They're not ready for you. And I didn't listen. And a part of it probably comes from the fact that I was raised by a mother. Who said um, many things that were life lessons for me, including "Don't you ever let anybody tell you who you are; you tell them who you are."
0: You have and no problem telling people who they are. When though. I
3: look around the town halls that we do in this race for president of the United States, and I look at the um, the, the the meetings that we do in the community meetings, and I see these little girls and boys, um, sometimes even brought by their fathers, and they bring them to me, and I talk to them during these events and they smile and they're full of joy and their fathers tell them, see, don't you ever listen and let anybody ever tell you what you can or cannot be. You have to believe in what can be unburdened by what has been.
13: Senator Harris, thank you very thank much. much that's, all, a judge.
0: that's all you guys ever talk about, though. Is quite the opposite of that. that. That you can't be everything you want to be without us because everyone else is holding you down. So you need us in order for you to get up. You've all got up, right? You're giving the right stories. Like, look, I've made it. How will you teach people how you made it, how you did it, instead of saying that, wow, y'all can't do it. I mean, I did it, but y'all can't.
11: You know, as a military officer serving under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and as an elected official in the state of Indiana when Mike Pence was governor, At a certain point, when it came to professional setbacks, I had to wonder whether just acknowledging who I was was going to be the ultimate career-ending professional setback. I came back from the deployment and realized that you only get to live one life, and I was not interested in not knowing what it was like to be in love any longer, so I just came out. I had no idea what kind of professional setback it would be, especially because, inconveniently, it was an election year in my socially conservative community. What happened was that when I trusted voters to judge me based on the job that I did for them, they decided to trust me and reelected me with 80% of the vote.
0: Hold on, hold on. So you're, so you're admitting that um, you thought this social conservative group hated gay people, you know, simply like you're promoting now, they, you know, racist, everyone's racist, Nazi. Yet, yet, yet 80% of them voted for you. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because you're so so perfect? You're that, that's, that's how, that's how these people think though. That's what he believes. I'm so perfect. That's the reason why. Cause I'm just the greatest man ever. No, 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 no. Cause they actually don't, uh, hold those thoughts that you really think they do. They're actually better human beings than you give them credit for. You just think people are pieces of shit. I happen to believe people are pretty fucking good. The majority of people are pretty fucking good.
11: And what I learned was that trust can be reciprocated and that part of how you can win and deserve to win is to know what's worth more to you than winning. And I think that's what we need in the presidency right now. We have to know what we are about. And this election is not about any of us up here it is not about this president even though it's hard to talk of anything else some days it's about the people who trust us with their lives a kid wondering if we're actually going to make their schools safe when they've learned active shooter drills before, before they've learned to read a generation wondering whether we will actually so stop doing it bro on climate change and if we hold to that then it doesn't matter what happens to each of us professionally together
0: I mean, are active shooter drills really uh, protecting, protecting kids? Think about that. How many kids are that saved? Except for making them fearful. Like, oh, we got to stop making kids fearful. Then stop fucking putting them through these drills.
11: We will win a better era for our country. Yeah, Buttigieg.
0: Quit, you. quit putting your anxiety onto them. That's all you're doing. You're projecting your anxiety onto your children, and it's fucking horrible. Yeah, I'm doing a real disservice to them. Even I was it. an
10: unhappy lawyer for five whole months and I left to start a business. And I'm going to share with you all one of the secrets to entrepreneurship. If you want to start something, tell everyone you know you're going to do it. And then you don't have a choice. Yep, you have you to. put your heart and soul into it. True, and dude. even though I did that, my company flopped, had its mini rise and maximum fall, uh, lost investors hundreds of thousands of dollars, still owed 100000 in uh, school debt. My parents still told people I was a lawyer. <laughs> so it was a little easier. <laughs> Uh, so I remember lying uh, lying on my floor looking up, wondering how it did come to this. Uh, eventually, I picked myself back up. I kept working in small growth companies for another ten years, and eventually had some success. And then, after I did have some success, I still remembered how hard it was, how isolating it was, how it feels like your friends uh, no longer want to spend time with you. And so I spent seven years starting and running a nonprofit that helped train young entrepreneurs around the country, including Sean Wen, who's here in the audience tonight, who left. He left his gilded Wall Street job to be, to become a food entrepreneur in San Antonio. Sean, I hope I made the process a little bit easier for you than it was for me. But the goal of my campaign is to make this an economy that allows us to live our human values and aspirations.
13: Absolutely, like thank it. you. Gang, thank you, Mr. Good,
10: Senator Booker.
0: He had that little gap at the beginning where I think he, I think he committed a, 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 a campaign violation, a pretty pretty big one. Uh, but other than that, man, I, tell, I, I said this before. He's the smartest dude on the stage, bar none. He has the best ideas. He he understands the real problem. I don't like, I don't really like some of some of his ideas on what he wants to do about it. Um, but but he he he's he's uh, he's definitely hitting the nail on the head on, on where the problem actually lies.
2: I, I, my biggest professional setback is is embarrassing because a lot of folks know about it. I, with a bunch of tenant leaders in Newark, New Jersey, in 2002, took on the political machine, and boy, did they fight back. I had tires on my car slash or campaign offices were broken into, my phones were tapped. Uh, It became a spectacle, and we lost that election. And here's a bit of advice to everybody. If you're gonna have a spectacular failure, have a documentary team there to capture it, because it made for an Oscar-nominated documentary called Street Fight. But then, unfortunately, another setback it lost in the Oscars to a movie called March of the Dagnab Penguins, for crying out loud. (laughs) The people in my community living in the projects told me don't give up on the people and the people won't give up on you. Create bigger and bolder coalitions and you're going to win. And you know what? We came back four years later and won the largest lopsided victory in our city's history. But more than that, the lesson was there. We didn't give up. We were taking on America's toughest problems, from crime to poverty, and we transformed our city, creating tens of thousands of new jobs, the biggest economic expansion in our city, and as I said before, turned around our school system. There's more work to do, but I haven't given up on the people. I still live in that community, but this is the big lesson. My staff and my friends and my community told me, if you want to go fast, you may have won the mayor's race, but that's not what life is about. There's an old African saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Absolutely. The lesson I learned of resilience is to trust people, because the power of the people is always greater than the people in power, and the test of America right now, it's not a referendum on Donald Trump, it's a referendum on us and who we are and who we're gonna be together. We need to use this moment in history to unite in common cause and common purpose, and then there's nothing we can't do together as a nation. Yeah. Senator Booker.
0: I mean, again, great answer. Great answer. Hits everything on the head, but everything he's but everything he said right there is the polar opposite of what he's actually promoting policy wise. Yes, we all need to come together. Uh, uh, it starts with uh, 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 us humans. People are good. He literally just said humans are good. Yet everything he's saying is humans are bad, and they're not going to they're 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 systematically racist towards you, and you can't achieve anything without my help. But then he goes and gives this great speech and you're like, yeah, I love that guy. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You like the part that he's actually against. That's the trick. That's the
1: theater, that's the show. Thank you,
12: George. Uh, Everything that I've learned about resilience, I've learned from my hometown of El Paso, Texas. In the face of this act of, of terror that was directed at our community in large part by the President of the United States, that killed 22 people and injured many more. We were not defeated by that, nor were we defined by that. The very thing that drew that killer to us is the very thing that helps us set the example for the rest of this country. We don't see our differences as disqualifying or dangerous. We see them as foundational to our success, to our strength, and to our security, and to our safety. Yesterday, I was visiting with one of those victims. He's the head coach of the Fusion. This is a girls' soccer team of 10 and 11-year-old girls. His name is Luis. He was shot in the legs multiple times. He was shot in the side multiple times. He's still healing from his wounds in the hospital, but from his hospital bed, he's still trying to coach the Fusion girls' soccer team. Um, Memo, his co-coach, is still fighting for his life uh, right now at Del Sol Hospital. Those two men, Jessica and Marcella, their wives, they exemplify resilience to me. And and when we end this scourge of gun violence in this country, when we finally confront the racism that exists in America, when we're defined not by our fears, but instead by our aspirations and our ambitions, it will be in large part, I think, thanks to the example that El Paso has set.
14: Congressman, thank thank you. you.
13: Senator Klobuchar.
14: My challenges and resilience have brought me up here. I grew up with a dad who struggled with alcoholism his whole life, and after his third DWI, he had a choice between jail and treatment. He chose treatment with his fra- faith, with his friends, with our family, and in his words, he was pursued by grace. And that made me interested in public service because I feel like everyone should have that same right to be pursued by grace. I then got married, my husband's out there somewhere, hopefully smiling, Um, and our daughter. And our daughter was born, I had this expectation, we're gonna have this perfect, perfect birth, and she was really sick. She couldn't swallow. And she was in out of hospitals for a year and a half. But when she was born, they had a rule in place that you got kicked out of the hospital in 24 hours. She was in intensive care, and I was kicked out. And I thought, this could never happen to any other mom again. So I went to the legislature. What do you mean
0: kicked out, Our though? Our state like legislature, not an elected official, a a mom. And I
14: advocated for one of the first laws in the country guaranteeing new moms and their babies a 48-hour hospital stay. And when they tried to delay the implementation of that law, I brought six freg- pregnant friends to the conference committee, so they outnumbered the lobbyists two to one. Mm-hmm. And when they said, when should it take place, they all raised their hand and said, now. That is what motivated me to go into public service. And when I got to that gridlock of Washington, D.C., I got to work and pass over 100 bills, and I know A lot of my friends here from the left, but remember, I am from the middle of the country. And I believe, if we're going to get things done, that we have to have someone leading the ticket with grit, someone's going to not just change the policies, but change the tone in the country, and someone who believes in America and believes it from their heart because of where they came from, that everyone should have that same opportunity.
13: Senator, thank you. (laughs) Secretary Castro.
8: And thank you, George, to Jorge, to Lindsay, and to David, and to all of y'all for tuning in tonight. Uh, In many ways, I shouldn't be here on this stage. You know, Castro is my mother's name and was my grandmother's name before her. Uh, I grew up in a single-parent household on the west side of San Antonio, going to the public schools. Uh, Eventually, my brother Joaquin and I became the first in our family to become professionals. Uh, And... When I got home, American dream, I baby. took a job See? at the biggest law you firm in town. You can do it too,
0: guys. I was making
8: $100,000 a year in the you year don't 2000. You uh, A few he months did. later, I got elected to the San Antonio City Council. And the city council at the time was only paying $1,040 a year. So everybody had another job, and my job was at the like law firm.
0: Like politics should be.
8: Uh, well, a few months after I got elected, uh, the law firm got a client. And the client wanted those of us on the city council to vote for a land deal. The land deal was that they wanted to build a golf course over our water supply
0: because we relied
8: on an underground aquifer. Uh, I didn't think the environmental protection plan was strong enough, so I wanted to vote against it. And my constituents wanted me to vote against it. But under the ethics rules for lawyers in Texas, because believe it or not, lawyers have ethics rules, uh, you can't just go against the interests of a client. So I was stuck. On the one hand, I wanted to do the right thing. On the other hand, my livelihood, my student loans, my new house payment, my car payment, depended on me shutting up, being conflicted out. So one day, I walked into my law firm, and I quit my job. Good for you. And then I went and I voted against that land deal on the city council. And, you know, it was the first test that I had. And I think back to that because oftentimes we think of politics and you think of politics as dirty or corrupting. I wondered before I went in it whether it would change who I was. And I was proud that when that first test came that I stood up for the people that I was there to represent and not for big special interests. There's nobody that gets tested more in a position of public trust than the president of the United States. This president has failed that test. But I want you to know that if you elect me president, I won't. I won't serve anybody except you and your family. And together, we can create an America that's better than ever. Thank Secretary you very much,
13: Castro. Thank you to all of our candidates. It was nice a great thing. debate. I think we learned a lot tonight. All right, guys. I think that's it.
0: Uh, there you have it. Uh, that's all we got for this uh, extended as fuck episode. Damn, do two uh, two hours and five minutes. Uh, sorry. Apologize. Um, like a four hours of content. I guess for you guys this week. Um, take everything you heard. Um, from these candidates and myself, uh, research it for yourself. Read articles from both sides and create your own opinion. That's very important. Um, you are you. Okay, I can't I can't stress this enough. You are you. You are an individual. You are unique. There is nobody on this planet that looks just like you, that thinks like you, that has the exact same talents as you. You are one of seven billion individual souls, which makes you extremely rare. And rare equals value. You're valuable. Uh, we will be back Monday. Um, no clue about the topic yet. Uh, till then, remember that the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. I'll catch you on the flip side. You have just witnessed
6: the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion.
1: Take out the papers and the trash. Are oh, you don't get no Don't just finish cleaning up your room. Let's see that dust car with that room. Get all that garbage outside. Or you don't go out Friday night. Don't
2: go back. You
1: just put on your coat. the dog and put out the cat
4: don't go back
1: me No dirty looks. Your father's hip, he knows what cooks Just tell your hoot loom for outside. You ain't got time to take a ride. Yak. Don't talk back. Yaggity yak! Yaggity yak!